We're glad you've joined us today for Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio outreach of Vertical Church in Columbus. We're in the middle of a series called The Revival We Need, and today we're going to listen to the second part of a message called Radical Love. God loves it when we embrace radical biblical love. God doesn't want us to have a superficial love. He wants us to experience the true love of the gospel, the grace of Jesus Christ. I don't want us to miss the big picture. And before I turn the corner here in this message, I want you to think about your own affections for a minute. Okay. Now, Jesus does spell out some different areas, and those are areas we should think about. Okay. Think about all your heart, the center of who you are as a person. Can you say that every area of the center of who you are is fully affectionately directed toward God? Are your affections in every way directed toward him? Now, no human can say that accurately, but they should be growing. That's part of our sanctification process, growing in our faith. Or think about this. Think about your mind for a moment, what you think about, what you process on a daily basis, what you choose to be in your mind, whether it's God's word or what you read or what you choose to watch in entertainment or how you choose to interact with people. What is going through your mind is a part of how you love God. And what you choose to think on or not think on is part of how you adore the living God. Or think about this. Think about your emotions. You know, our emotions, we, emotions are an amazing thing. Now, somebody said it's meant to be the caboose and not the, you know, not the engine of the train. But emotions are an amazing thing. It's made what makes love so awesome between humans and also with the Lord. And how we express those emotions, how we live out the soul. Psalms is filled with interaction between a soul and the living God. God wants us to love him completely with every aspect of our emotions and how we respond. Could I ask you just maybe to take inventory? Is your mind, is your heart, are your emotions directed in adoration completely to the living God? You see, we need to grow in radical love. Is the all, the all that's in verse 37, does that represent increasingly your relationship with our loving heavenly father because it's what God wants. Let me turn a corner here quickly and go back to, I hope you still have your finger in first John because here you're going to see something that's going to come up repeatedly in scripture that our love for God is not isolated from our love for people. Look back in the text with me. First John chapter four, verse 19 says we love because he first loved us. If anyone says I love God, but hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. And you're like, well, man, that's pretty challenging. You sure, where'd you get that from in the gospels? Well, look back at the gospels with me. We'll go right there right away. Um, Look back at Matthew chapter 22, because you know what? What we're seeing right here is a really important aspect of love. Now, sadly, we can love God, and some people are so filled with love for God, but it never translates into loving the people around them, which is why some people never really are good witnesses of the gospel, because they're like, man, you're in love with your God, but you can hardly tolerate the people around you, okay? We need to grow in both of those 
Well, think about this. Go back to uh, Matthew chapter 22. You're going to see how these two are connected here. Jesus doesn't stop in verse 37 about talking about loving God with everything. He then continues in verse 38. He says, this is the great and first commandment that we love God with everything. And he said in verse 39, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's amazing how much Jesus can say in one verse. Okay. He says in verse 40, on these two commandments depend all the law. That's the old Testament Pentateuch and all the prophets, which is a huge, massive amount of the Old Testament. Between those two, which represents basically all of the Old Testament, all of that is summed up in these two basic commands. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Now let's look a little bit more closely here at that. Um, Not only is Christian worship based on love, but Christian community is based on love. Really the love modeled to us by the Trinity. If you think about it, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is the perfect love community. And we're invited into that family, that community of love to be a part of uh, the grace of God. But we only always see it perfectly, first of all, and forever in the Trinity itself. Now let's think about this for a minute. Loving God and loving my neighbor. Now, here's my point to you today, and I hope that you'll prayerfully think this through. God wants you to be absolutely filled with passionate adoration for him. He wants to have a loving relationship with you. He wants you to love him how he has already loved you. But here's the second thing he wants. He wants you to have a loving relationship with the people that are in your life, whether they're uh, regulars and close like family, like close friends, or whether it's people that you just interact with or people around the world. Everyone is categorized in a sense as a neighbor. Now here's the problem. Sometimes some people are all about loving God, but have a problem loving their neighbor. And sometimes it's just the opposite. Some people are really good at loving their neighbors, but they don't really have a passionate love for God. Now, both of those in one way or another will lead to chaos because the truth is we can't have one without the other. If I love God, I'm better prepared to love my neighbor. As I'm loving my neighbor and responding to him the way that God wants me to, I'm better able to love God. It's really an intersected concept of love. Radical love, biblical love does not exclude God or my neighbor. In fact, God will say in the old Testament, especially he will say, if you treat poorly, the people around you, and he gives lots of descriptions of that, then really you're not loving me. It's interesting that Jesus would also say later uh, when he was projecting ahead into the judgment and he would say, to the extent that you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. So what God is saying and Jesus is saying in other places is, if you really love me, I'll know by how you love the people around you. Now that is a (laughs) serious statement there. Especially if maybe this morning you've had a rough family experience. You had a bad weekend together and I live in a real family. We live in a real world. Okay. But it also ought to motivate us to get up under the grace of God, to ask God for forgiveness and to jump back into love, radical love. I want you to think on a global scale for a little bit. You know, when I was thinking about this passage a couple weeks ago and preparing to preach on it, you know, we've been watching the racism 
discussion going on, and I, I don't want to get into the minutia of that, but I believe that there are some legitimate parts. I talked about that a few weeks ago uh, when I was talking about lamenting. There are things that have been done in our nation that are absolutely wrong, okay? Absolutely wrong. And one of the things that I want you to think about, not just in racism, but especially racism, racism is dealt with through the gospel and only through the gospel. Because it's in the gospel that we realize that God calls us to love him by loving our neighbors. And he shows us how to love our neighbors by how he has loved us. Listen, if every person in this country embraced, and this is why we need revival. If every person in this nation began to love their neighbor as themselves in a biblical sense, racism would vanish. And so would a lot of other isms that are sin related. You see, when we choose to do things selfishly or my way or whatever, it leads to a whole host of problems that just develop both inside and outside the church, both inside and outside our families. God wants to address those as we learn to love our neighbor as ourselves. Maybe you're asking, well, what does this radical love look like? How would I love somebody in a practical way? You know, I saw one of the best stories that I've seen of this recently. You may have seen this. Uh, This story was in the Washington Post. I'm sure it's been posted other places as well. But it's a story of a person named Mary uh, Daniel and her husband. I'll show you a picture of her. Uh, This is Mary. Mary is a CEO of a small company. She's got a lot going for her. She's a very busy woman. But you know, uh, last year, her husband began to have a more significant battle with Alzheimer's. And uh, eventually last summer, she had to put him in a place where uh, he could be cared for. He needed full-time care. And he was a very relational person, her husband. And uh, she wanted him to be in a place where all the time he could be relating to people. He had been a salesman. Well, after that happened, life went on normal. She would uh, go visit her husband. Every day she would visit with him and at the end she would get into bed with him and kind of hold him and she would stay with him until he would fall asleep. Then she would leave and go home and continue to be a CEO, continue to live a busy life. Well, that all ended on March 10th. March 10th was the last time that Mary saw her husband. Well, as time went on, like all of us, we thought that the COVID thing would end pretty quickly and it didn't. And eventually, Mary really, really wanted to see her husband. She wanted to be with him. She wanted to comfort him through this time because she just basically was there every day and then she wasn't. And she didn't know what to do. Well, as the story goes on, obviously, her the nursing home would not allow her to come in and she continued to appeal them. They wouldn't let her in. Well, she eventually started appealing to the governor and During this time, she decided to go up to the window outside his house and she tried to connect with him and it only set off her husband. It was harder for him when he could only see her through the window and he probably didn't understand all of what was going on. And she was brokenhearted. Well, she decided to start an online chat group and uh, she did everything she could. She even reached out to the governor about trying to find some way to be with her husband. Well, as things went on and she started to get some more publicity, the nursing home that her husband was in, uh, one of the leaders there had an idea. And he reached out to Mary and said, you know, Mary, um, we can't get you in, except you could apply to be a dishwasher if you want. And if you're willing to be a dishwasher and you could come in twice a week and we'll take you through the employment process, we'll make you do a, keep in mind, she's a CEO 
okay? Make you do the very basic job of uh, applying for a job, taking all the tests, doing all of that, and then you could become a dishwasher. Then you would be able to be with your husband for a few hours after you work. Well, Mary was so dedicated. I'm going to show you a picture here of her husband. Mary went through the whole process, changed her life so that she could go into this nursing home, become a dishwasher, and then after she's done with her working, she would then go back to with her husband. And she described the first moment she had been with him. It had been months since they had seen each other. On July 3rd, she finished all of her job training to be a dishwasher, and she went into the room for the first time, and she saw her husband. It had been 114 days, and he just lit up. You can imagine the feeling of joy and connection for these two. And she sat with him, and then she held him like she had always done and helped him go to sleep. And she's continuing to do this through the month of July. I'm going to tell you, that's a picture of relational, radical love. Would you be willing to lay aside your busy life to become a dishwasher just so that you could be with someone that you love, to care for them, just to be with them for a few hours? I see, I think that's the picture of what Jesus is getting at, what God wants for us. He wants us to have a radical neighboring love, doing things for other people, not just as good as I would want them to do it to me, but even beyond that. And I'm going to ask you if you have your notes today. I want to give you the second point here. God wants us, and we will experience revival when you love your neighbor with natural comparison and unnatural Christ-likeness. Hi, this is Pastor Luke Aarons from Vertical Church Columbus. Did you know that these Meeting with God messages actually come from sermons given at our church home, Vertical Church Columbus? You know, in addition to hearing God's word proclaimed every week, you'll find a warm, loving church family of authentic followers of Jesus Christ. If you live in Columbus, Ohio, but are not currently connected to a church home, we'd love to invite you to visit us at 1290 Old Henderson Road in Columbus near the intersection of 315 and Henderson Road. Now, how do we love? Well, scripture says it right here. I love that Jesus doesn't just say love, go love people. He says, love them how you would want to be loved. Now, that's really easy because most of us, we're pretty compassionate to ourselves, right? We're pretty patient with ourselves. We're pretty um, all about ourselves, right? We're, we're good with that. We're, we know how to take care of ourselves. Uh, that comes naturally. And Jesus is saying, you know what? That's a great comparison. Just use that measuring stick to measure how you love other people. Be patient with them. Be kind to them. Seek their best interests in all circumstances. But also, because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you know, God's love in Christ even goes beyond what might be expected or the measured love. And I believe that God calls us to love other people with Christ's likeness. Jesus Christ was willing to come. He didn't need to come. He didn't deserve he didn't deserve any of the wrath of God. But Jesus came because of the love of God and was willing as the perfect sacrifice to go to the cross to take the penalty for my sin and your sin and to show us what radical Christ-like love truly is. You see God wants us to love one another. If we love each other with natural comparison and unnatural Christ-likeness, we will fulfill this commandment and we'll be able to love God the way God calls us to. 
And I want to just talk for a moment. Maybe you're like, well, who is my neighbor? Who is the person I'm supposed to? How do I know that I'm doing this the right way? You know, I love what Jesus did. Jesus expanded the concept of neighbor. If you remember to the story of the Good Samaritan, Jews hated Samaritans. They were kind of a mixed breed with a kind of a I'm going to say cultish religion, okay? So they were confused about a lot of things. I mean, as evangelical, Bible-believing, doctrine-loving believers, we would look at someone like a Samaritan and say, they're, they're apostate is what we would probably think, okay? But Jesus used the apostate person as the example for loving a neighbor. And Jesus showed that this person this Samaritan, this apostate knew how to love another Jew, his enemy, better than the other Jews did. And he used him as the example. Now, let me tell you, the love God wants us to have for our neighbors is not just other believers. It's not just the people in my family. There are bigger categories. Let me give you a few of them. God wants us to be, think back to Genesis, our brother's keeper. God wants us to love those in our family or those around us that we, yeah, I'd really not have to have to worry about that guy. Or God wants us even to the extent that Jesus did to love our enemies. That's included in the neighbor. Or God wants us to love religious or social or political opposition. Okay, that's getting a little close to home this time of year, right? Whichever side you land on on a lot of different things. Or God wants us to love our social media antagonists. Now, <laughs> a little pastoral advice you might want to be on social media a little less. I see people lighting things on fire that I don't always think is a great idea. I've kind of taken a lesser approach to that. I would caution you to be wise because there are other non-believers watching your interactions. Uh, we want to be Christ to everyone. But we also need to love those who are hurting and broken. And even some of those who have screwed up think about the prodigal son. Finally, God wants us to love our family in Christ. All of these people come into the category of loving our neighbor. You know, I, I saw a crazy story. <laughs> um, in Michigan, there was this library right outside Grand Rapids, and uh, they had to put this Facebook post up telling people, get this, during the coronavirus, to stop taking books from the library and microwaving them because somebody had the great idea that they could take, they had that their books were not quarantined and the library made that very clear that we quarantine incoming books for three days. But people were taking these books, they were putting them in the microwave and then get this, there's a little chip inside there a metal chip. And so basically they were cooking it and then the little piece of metal was lighting these books on fire and they put on Facebook pictures of books that had been lit. <laughs> we'll just put it that way, okay? So they, when I think about that, uh, we all laugh, right? That's crazy. Like some people are so insanely committed to sanitizing things that they literally go off the edge and start the world on fire. But I want to back up for a minute. You know, sometimes in a totally different way, when it comes to people that are different than us, people that are the neighbors we maybe wouldn't choose, however you want to describe that, difficult people, hard people, opposition, even enemies, sometimes we try to sanitize ourselves from having to deal with them. And we pull back and we don't want, I just don't want to have to deal with that person or them when actually what God wants us to do and revival will come 
when we lean into them with the grace and love of Jesus Christ. That's how the first century Christians flipped the Roman Empire. They conquered what other armies couldn't by learning to love their enemies and love the people when they were sick and in plagues. I talked about that a few months ago. So many different ways that they, through the ethic of love, loving God and loving their neighbor, conquered the pagan Roman Empire. Now, I want to draw this into us as we think about how we treat others. Sometimes, as I said, we sanitize ourselves. But what we end up doing is pulling out of gospel opportunities. God has left us here to be a light in darkness. God has left us here to be, I'm praying for, part of a great awakening, a grace awakening, where the people of this nation and this city and my neighborhood experience the grace of Jesus Christ in a way they've never experienced before. That's what I'm praying for. I hope you're praying for that. That's why we're talking about the revival and great awakening that we need. Now, listen, I want you to hear this as I bring this to the end. Every gap, every gap in our culture, in our lives, in our families is a love gap. It's one of two gaps. It's either a love gap with God. I'm not fired up and sold out for him. I'm not adoring him for who he truly is. I become lukewarm in my passion or I've stopped loving my neighbors the way God has called me to do. It's one of those two. God is calling us to a radical love for our neighbors. You know, I remember uh, when I was, I uh, would probably have been 10, the summer of 1988, uh, the ground uh, in where I lived in Chicago, it was one of the driest summers. In fact, I loved it because I was playing baseball. It was, we didn't, we didn't we only miss one practice the entire year. No games got rained out. It was awesome. And it was really dry, really dry to the point where there were crops failing the whole bit. I remember, I think it was late summer, a rainstorm finally came. It hadn't rained in, I want to say, maybe two or three months. And this rainstorm came through. And literally people were coming out of their houses and like dancing in the rain. They were, they, it had been so long. And I remember that distinctly. You know what I'm praying for? When I look around our culture, I see a very, very dry, almost deserty spiritual environment. But you know what? The reign of God's grace, if the reign of God's grace begins to come and the gospel is planted, God can bring what no human can do. God can flip the script. He has done it in the past. I could tell you multiple stories. I'm going to be sharing more of those about revival. God can do it. We need to be praying for it. We need to be praying for the reign of God's grace to fall all around us. Well, that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. And I'm going to ask that uh, right now that we're going to close together in prayer. And I'm going to ask you that as I'm praying, that you would just search your heart for a moment and say, God, God, what is my love toward you? Is it, is it gone weak or is it gone stale? God, fill me with a passion for you to love you as you have loved me. And then I'm going to ask you to pray about those around you, that God would use you to love your neighbor. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're coming to you together, uh, Lord, separated, but one in spirit. And Father, I'm asking that, that you would touch my heart, touch our hearts, search our hearts, as the psalmist said. Lord, we want to know whether we are loving you, where we can grow in our love for you. Lord, where our adoration has gotten stale. 
And then God, we want to love you as you've told us to by loving those around us, loving the easy people, loving the difficult people, praying for the enemy and loving them. Just take a minute here and just ask the Lord to speak to you. Ask the Holy Spirit to convict you, convict you in grace. Father, I thank you that you are a forgiving God. And Lord, where we've failed you, where we failed to love you or failed to love our neighbor, uh, Father, you are the God that draws us back to you. Uh, you're a God that is forgiving and, and, and reconciling. You are the ultimate reconciler. And I ask that you would work in each one of our hearts and anyone listening today, uh, would they experience your love afresh and then be lit on fire by your love to love you and to love one another. Lord, I thank you for the gospel. I thank you the gospel that reconciles us to you and shows us your love. We're so grateful for Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio, located at 1290 Old Henderson Road. Meeting with God is a listener-supported ministry which strives to share the good news of Jesus Christ each day. Our prayer is that this radio program will lift people's eyes and hearts to our Savior, Jesus. If you would like to be a part of the Meeting with God team of financial donors who make this ministry possible, please visit our website, verticalchurch.life. We are thankful for your partnership in the gospel. And as always, we hope to meet you back here at the very same time tomorrow for your Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.